Hello, hello. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Not Rocket Science, the show that talks about the intersectional relationship between business, technology, and culture. I'm Sean, your host. Happy, uh, I guess at this point, post-Super Bowl week. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are staying safe. This coronavirus thing is getting a little bit crazy. Uh, Not too worried yet, but it's starting to creep in a little bit. I'm starting to be a little freaked out by all this. But anyway, we're going to keep it moving between that and the Kobe Bryant news last week. Been kind of a tough patch here. It's like it's still January. I mean, it's February now, but as I record this, it's still January. I'm ready to turn the page. I'm ready to turn the page. January's not been the best, one can say. Um, And got one day left at this point. I'm doing this on a Thursday a little early because of Super Bowl. So my schedule's a little bit off, but I figured since it's Super Bowl weekend, it is the biggest TV night in America in the United States. I like to do Super Bowl episodes here because um, I find the business behind the Super Bowl pretty interesting, how it's become the thing that it is today, the biggest event in TV in the United States, how from the commercial bidding to the viewership of the game itself to... um, just the spectacle around it and the uh, media week and how all that's come together to be like a mini spectacle before the spectacle, you could say. Even how the championship rings and the legend behind the design of each championship ring for the Super Bowl has become a big deal. I saw ESPN has a uh, a really cool kind of like interactive article it has these really high-def pictures of every championship ring and a story behind it. And it's kind of like the most, uh, out of all the major kind of trophies, it's one of the most uh, special ones. Like getting the ring, that's always like a big deal in football. So just all of that put together, you know, we just kind of accept it every year. You know, you have your Super Bowl party, eat your ring, your uh, buffalo wings, hopefully with blue cheese and not ranch. Um I don't quite hate ranch as much as Joey Diaz, if you want to look that up. Joey Diaz ranch dressing. Um, One of the best all-time podcast rants, period. But I do much prefer blue cheese with, uh, with buffalo wings. It just makes sense. But as you're doing that, eating those, watching the game, we just kind of take it as, you know, commonplace these days. It is what it is. It's the Super Bowl, right? But I'm curious in figuring out how we got here. 
what makes the Super Bowl unique, what makes the Super Bowl special, why are commercials, you know, 30-second spots, millions of dollars, and why are companies in bidding wars to secure them, even when the commercial model is kind of, you know, outdated at this point um, compared to advertising on other platforms like social media. So... I did some research, I looked at some articles, and it's pretty interesting. What I've come to conclude is it's kind of twofold. It's, one, the NFL game itself was made for the mediums and platforms it's showcased on. I'll get into that in a second. So just the nature of what the game of football is helps in um, becoming, helping, helped it propel to become the spectacle that it is. And two, it's how the league, the NFL, is structured, really helps um, when it comes to viewership over other sports leagues. So it's kind of twofold. It's the nature of the sport itself and then how it's run as a business combined over the course of many decades. That's kind of what's propelled the NFL to the top. Um, so I'll just get into the game itself. Like it starts. So the big moment historically for the NFL, um, every, every, uh, major sport seems to have a moment where they kind of like transcend where they are and get to the next level. Um, a really easy one is in fighting UFC, the ultimate fighter finale in 2005, the Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner fight that kind of propelled the UFC was on the brink of bankruptcy before that, and uh, that show that they produced themselves and that fight really took them to the next level. And that moment for the NFL was in 1958. It was the NFL title game. It was before the Super Bowl existed, but it was the. Uh, NFL championship game and I believe this is still when it was the NFL and the AFL which now is like the NFC and the AFC under the NFL this was before it was like one league that owned everything it was, there were still two competing leagues at this time but um it was the New York Giants Indianapolis Colts game with Giant Unitas Giant Unitas um won in overtime at Yankee Stadium actually and it's considered like the classic all-time football game. There are some other games. The uh, the Joe Namath Super Bowl, Super Bowl three, I believe, was a big one. And then also the Ice Bowl with the Packers and Lambeau um, with Bart Starr in the, in the I think early 60s. There are some other games. But the big one from a television standpoint was that 1958 NFL championship game. Um it was in sudden death over time, and it was the first really like high drama football game. I think it was at night with the Yankee Stadium lights on them. There weren't that many night games yet. That was still becoming a newer thing. Um, and it was a captivating game, and it was the highest profile game of the year. And, you know, the helmets still weren't great yet. I'm sure people were getting concussed left and right. A lot of CTE maybe came out of that game because um, it was very brutal and physical from the uh, NFL Network footage I've seen. But it looked like, you know, it, cre- it had this atmosphere to it 
that obviously would capture the American public at that time. And then from there, it kind of took off like a rocket. And uh, there's a few reasons why. So the game itself is way more physical than most sports um, and way more strategic. That's the thing that people that don't really understand football don't get is how it's probably the most strategic game from like a coordination standpoint and everyone having to do their job for the play to be successful. It's the most strategic game. So when you understand the strategy, it becomes really interesting. The physicality, you don't need to understand the game for that to be interesting. And the whole package, I guess, just kind of worked. And then um, the other thing that made the Super Bowl so special is the shortness of the seasons. There's only 16 uh, NFL regular season games, and then there's only, um, I believe, four rounds of playoff. You have the wild card the divisional, the conference championship, and then the Super Bowl. So there aren't that many games, so every game seems like a much bigger event than, say, a basketball game, a baseball game for sure. They have the opposite problem where there's way too many games, and um, even a hockey game. There's you know there's 82, I believe. At least there's 82 basketball games. Um, so having such a short schedule makes all the games more must-see and then also, at the time, football overtook baseball as the country's most popular sport. And baseball just doesn't really work as well for TV. It's not predictable. There's no real time limit. You never know when it's going to end. Um, a lot of the really interesting aspects of baseball are fairly esoteric. You have to really, really know the game to really get what's going on. Um and the action, per se, isn't really as exciting as football, except in October. You know, World Series home runs are very interesting, but a lot of the other stuff isn't as interesting to a casual observer. Plus, there's way too many games. There's over 160 games, so there's some fatigue there. So that's what made NFL kind of propel itself. The smaller schedule, the strategic side of it that's, you know, digestible to the curious sports fan, the fact that it's a little more predictable with time limits and there's less games, so every game seems like a bigger deal, and the hitting and brain damage. All that combined um, kind of propelled the NFL to the next level and eventually had it overthrow baseball. Um, and going back to that NFL title game in 1958, you know, 45 million people watched that game back in 1958. And according to Quora, which, you know, that's just people saying stuff, so it could be wrong, but there was even a blackout in the telecast, and they still had that many viewers. Um, so that's one side. It's just the nature of the game itself. It took off as the television industry took off. It was perfect for network TV, even more so than baseball. So they were able to kind of leverage the built-in excitement of their own game, and they took off as televisions took off. And by 1972, football was, according to a Gallup poll, America's number one sport. And it has been ever since. Now people are getting a little concerned about the physicality, so that might dip in the future. But ever since 1972, it's been verified as best as possible from a rating standpoint and from Gallup polls that it's the most popular sport in the country, hands down. So that's like the... Uh, 
side of the coin that's just kind of like built in within the game's nature. And there's a little bit of luck at play there too with uh, TVs and having the game be a perfect fit for that medium. But when it comes to the NFL, once it became a mature league, there were some very smart decisions that make that make the game, at least here, inherently more interesting than other sports. Um, but beyond that, there's a great article actually about this on uh, Bleacher Report that's titled, Why the NFL is the Most Popular Sport in America. And they pose a very, by Michael Fitzpatrick, it's a very old article, it's from 2008, but I think it raises some really good points. What's really interesting about the NFL is that it's kind of like they reap the benefits of capitalism because of how popular the game is, but at the same time, they run the league a little bit like socialism in a way, and when you have those two things combined in a small environment like the NFL with only like 30 teams, it works. Um, the argument raised in this article is the reason why the NFL is the most popular sport in America is because of its parity. It has an extreme level of parity. Every team from a small market team to a large market team has roughly an equal chance of winning a Super Bowl, more so than in other sports. They don't have a literal equal chance. Um, year to year it changes, but the opportunity is there because there is a league salary cap, which is huge. Um, so you can't be, you know, like in baseball where one team just has the most money and spends the most and outspends for an all-star team. And then on top of that, there's revenue sharing, which means there's a kind of like an equal distribution of wealth that makes the value of every team roughly in line with one another. I believe um, the Cowboys are the richest team, and in 2008 they were valued at $1.5 billion, and the Vikings were the poorest team, and they were valued at $782 million. That's not too bad. You know what I mean? You're talking about... Seven, eight hundred million for when you're talking about professional sports franchises and the most rich to the least rich, that's not so bad compared to like soccer, for instance. You're talking like soccer, you're talking about teams worth, you know, club teams can be worth under a hundred grand, and a team like Manchester United is worth in the same range as the Cowboys. So that's not so bad. There's also, um, you know, like the NFL draft. There's no lottery like the NBA. The worst team gets the first pick. It's very straightforward in that nature. So a lot of these things promote league parity. And uh, it's really a money game, though. Like two-thirds of the NFL money comes from television contracts. And that money's all distributed equally. So two-thirds of... All the money that the NFL makes is distributed equally among all the teams in the league. Um, so that helps create this balance that gives you hope. If you're, you're a Packers fan, which is a very small market, or you're a New York Giants fan, New York's a very large market, you're equally as hopeful. I mean, the Packers made the NFC title game this year, and they're a very small market team. That doesn't happen in other sports. So 
the league was really smart in creating this structure where they're getting advertisement money and being kind of socialist about it. Because really what it is is the NFL looks at the NFL as the ultimate entity where, you know, that reaps the benefits of true capitalism. And the teams themselves work in more of like a socialized structure. And I'm using the definition of socialism very loosely, obviously. I don't mean actual socialism, but I mean equal distribution of wealth among the teams. That is something the NFL is willing to do to make the greater whole richer. Um, And they're pretty ruthless and from a capitalistic standpoint about how they achieve that. And there were, you know, there were a lot of speed bumps to get there. There were lockouts, player strikes, etc. But, um, you know, over the past couple decades especially, they were able to really achieve that and hit the ground running until now where you have these health concerns. But all this has kind of like built up this event that is the Super Bowl because even the Super Bowl, because they're so few games it's not like the nba finals for example or the nhl finals or even uh the world series where there's a it's a series all of those are series the super bowl is a one-off right there's no um best of three type of scenario it's one game so all the eggs are in one basket and that plus only having 16 regular season games and three previous playoff games, maybe even two previous playoff games if you're a one or a two seed, which is the case of both of these teams playing, the Chiefs and the Niners. That's not a lot of time to see your team. So the violent nature and the need for a longer recovery and a shorter season really, from a business standpoint, benefited the NFL because of the whole exclusivity model where you know, you create hype because there's less product, essentially. You know, NFL is a product. It's a source of entertainment. And on top of that, the amount of partnerships the NFL has made over the years with major beer brands, uh, sportswear brands, all of them kind of helped each other in a way because the NFL got in business with brands like Nike you know, in the 80s, and Nike wasn't then what Nike is now. And to an extent, all the major sports uh, leagues did this. But the difference is because of NFL's the NFL's popularity and uh, shorter seasons, which created more attention on them, they were able to really secure crazy advertising spots where... Those companies are now forced to put, you know, their best work out for the Super Bowl because the Super Bowl has the most eyeballs on it. Therefore, when you have, you know, a brand like Bud Light, they're going to save their best commercial for the Super Bowl. Not because they like the NFL more than the NBA or the NHL. They don't give a damn. It's whatever is going to get the most ROI. And it's the Super Bowl that's going to get the most ROI because it's the most watched event because there's only one game to determine a winner. Um, so all this kind of works for the NFL as a as a system and as the television industry and how advertising fits within the television industry matured, the Super Bowl was always there kind of or almost always there every step of the way 
and were able to capitalize on that because they kind of built themselves up as the must-see sports event in the United States you know, in the 60s. So they were able to ride that wave through the 70s um, with brands like Coca-Cola putting a whole lot of uh, resources dedicated to their commercial advertising, um, having some classic commercials like the Mean Joe Green tunnel commercial in the 70s and then 80s and as cable grew the idea of just television contracts and advertising spend for commercials became more and more status quo. And Super Bowl is able to ride that wave all the way through the 90s into the 2000s with the internet.com boom and all these companies vying for a Super Bowl ad. Um, they established themselves in the 60s and were able to kind of just capitalize it from, um, from there from an advertising standpoint. So all of that stuff working together, the game itself – how the league is structured for parity and for the greater good being the one that reaps the benefits um, the most, and then also having a somewhat of an early mover's advantage when it came to television and having the game work with television and having the growth of the television industry and advertising and television just kind of seamlessly fit into the nature of the Super Bowl and the exclusivity of the schedule um, all that combined it just kind of works right off of each other and uh, created this monster that now is the Super Bowl so I just wanted to give some background and some insight on the Super Bowl so as you're watching it if you're like why is it such a big deal that's why it's a big deal you know it took almost 60 years of work 61 years of work if you want to count that 1958 title game as the kickoff point and uh here we are now that's what it really is it has to do with the league itself the game itself and then riding the wave and ascending as america's favorite game or pastime um as the television industry took off and matured they kind of are go hand in hand with one another so that's it. This one is kind of short. Um, you know, Super Bowl weekend. You ain't listening to no damn podcast. You want to be eating your three foot subs, drinking your uh, IPAs or White Claws. Ain't no laws on the claw. That's probably what I'll be drinking. Um, and I hope you guys have a great weekend. And I will see you in February. Um, if you guys have any questions, comments, as always, hit us up at notrocketscienceshow at gmail.com. And you can also hit us up on the socials, Twitter or Instagram at NRS underscore show. And also, if you want to leave a review on any podcast store, that would be pretty damn sweet. All right. That is all I got. Hope you guys have a good one. And as always... Peace.